Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the Best Houston Sports Podcast. And if you're a first-timer, welcome aboard. A couple quick notes before I bring in today's guest. Make sure you didn't miss the last show on the earth-shaking Anthony Davis trade. I brought in Steven Sikach, who owns Lakers Ground, which is basically the Lakers version of Clutch Fans. It's the number one Los Angeles Lakers fan forum. Great to catch up with him because he also just happens to be one of my best friends from college. And trust me, guys, even though he's a Lakers fan, he's good people. All right, let's move to the Texans, who slipped on a banana peel yet again. So last week, Brian Patterson from House of Houston helped me lay out Brian Gaines firing and their GM candidates. Brian and I, both of us, everybody thought Nick Casario, who had you know appeared to be the whole reason for Brian Gaines' ouster, was potentially a wise move, a wise hire by the Texans. If you looked at his credentials anyway, well, things didn't go so well. And my friend, my friend Chris Fernandez from the Eldorado News is back with me. And Chris, somehow this franchise gets embarrassed by the Patriots, even in the offseason. Wow, even in the offseason, right. You know, if Houston thought, Houston fans thought that uh, they even had an inkling of a chance to beat them in any type of game, whether it's postseason, Bob, or if it's a regular season game, now for sure we know that that's out of the realm of possibility. They're always getting into things that they shouldn't get into, and the things that need to get done, they don't do, Bob. Why? What? What's new? What's going on? Why can't the Texans work from within and find solutions from within? I just don't understand. It's like a, a they're in self-destroy mode. And Brian Gang was sort of within because, well, I mean, he was with the Texans. He left for a little bit, but he came back. back right. It's not about finding the guys. It's the fact that they just don't seem to have a plan that works and, you know, and they keep trying to go after Patriots guys. And it, and it seems over and over again that Bill Belichick says not so fast. I mean, this is, this is not the first time I think they've looked at maybe even tried to hire Casario, Monty Ossenfort, who's uh, director of college scouting for the Patriots. I don't know if that was somebody that they had tried to get last time. He's apparently maybe in the mix again. I don't know if he's available. The Patriots, it's weird because they, they've got, these uh, they've got these guys in their front office that they pay extra money so that nobody else can talk to them or that they can't move on from another organization, which is, you know, it's a wise move by Bill Belichick. And that's the way Bill Belichick does. He, he keeps the everything tight. It's the circle of trust. But look at it, Chris. I mean, this is over and over again. The, the Texans, they get schooled by the Patriots. And it's like one organization is Charlie Brown and the other organization is Lucy taking the football away. Bob, it's very simple, okay? You and I, we've never had, we've never been owners. We've never been coaches on the sideline. I will go over it again with you, okay? I will tell you from scratch. Why would you go and find someone from some organization that's been very, very successful just because you have a, a coach that used to coach there because you have ties to them, because somehow uh, by osmosis, a method of osmosis, they're going to learn something that, you know, the Texans camp doesn't have already, and somehow that's going to shine and bring them championships. But let me tell you something. If the Texans don't have that right now, they're never going to have it. They don't have dynasty-type credentials, coaching, general managers that know how to pick, that know player personnel, that know how to choose players, they create a dynasty. They just don't happen. Bob. Well, I, the Maneras, it's over and over again. They put the tr their trust in the wrong people. They put their trust in Gary Kubiak for a long right. time. That didn't work. They literally had to go make him hire Wade Phillips, make him do this and make him do that. 
that helped them improve. Yeah, I get Gary Kubiak won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. And, you know, thanks to a lot of stuff that happened that just was went his way, you, you get Peyton Manning, although it was a Peyton Manning that was kind of not the same, but the, the defense was incredible. It was, the framework was all set when Gary Kubiak walks in the door. But the issue with the Texans is you're, tri- you're putting your trust in not only Gary Kubiak, obviously Bill O'Brien. They, they think Bill O'Brien hung the moon. I don't know why, because if we're basing it on his decision-making, Chris, we have seen this. Right. How many times have time, you and I see? million times, times and time again, Bob. His field decision-making is not good. Yes. Why, why, isn't he, why should anything else be good? The funny thing was he said uh, just in the last week he was talking about things that he needs to get better at and, he's, and he said, you know, I, I need to communicate better. And it's like, dude, you're just figuring this out? Like, if you haven't figured this out, if you haven't figured out communication is your problem right. at this point in the process, five years in, yeah. you know, I'm sure that was something that was told to him by Cal McNair. But, I mean, Cal McNair, look, the guy hasn't figured it out by then. By now, you're five years into this guy's uh, coaching tenure. He, he's not going to figure it out. You know what, Bob? I mean, we like you said, we've both seen it from both ends. Very particularly, I, I'm just tired of it. I mean, uh uh, there is no communication by coach Bill O'Brien. We've seen it when there's been an injury. They're there uh, to give us updates, and you've seen it with injuries. Well, I don't know. As soon as I know, I'll, he knows already. These these things are very, very pertinent. Well, that, very that's important. not the communication right. that, I, that I care about. The communication sure, sure. that I care about is, you know, sometimes with his players, there, there's bad communication, it seems like, at, at the end Bob, of games, in the, in the fourth quarter, in the last two minutes. All of that That's kind of what stuff. I mean, yes. Definitely, we've seen it on TV, and we've been disgusted. And, uh, well, you know what he always says, well, that's just something we have to work on. Oh, that's just something we have to work on. Oh, our players are smarter than that. Well, show us, Bob. I mean, those are some of the things that you're supposed This is not high school football. This is not college football. This is professional football, NFL type. And you're still giving us the junior league uh, comments, which is, oh, we got to get better at that. And, uh, yeah, we have to do better job of doing this, do a better job. Dude, that, we know that already. Now, how about we give us something that we don't know? You know, why you didn't call the timeout? Why did you not throw the red flag? Why didn't you kick the field goal? You know, things like that that in a moment's time at that time are very important in that game because you, it's, it's either a win or a loss if you do or you don't, if you don't do that decision, Bob. Those are the things we're talking about. Let me just read owner Cal McNair's release statement on Friday. It said, quote, when we started the process to interview Nick Casario for our GM position, we consulted the league office on numerous occasions, followed the procedures, outlined the league's rules, outlined in the league's rules, and believed we were in full compliance. We have now been made aware of certain terms in Nick's contract with the Patriots. Once we were made aware of these contract terms, I advised Mr. Kraft that we would stop pursuing Nick and Chris, here's where the issue is. Cal McNair has basically dropped the ball, you know, and Bill O'Brien, whoever was dealing with the whole thing and, and not knowing what his contract was. You better know everything, especially when you're going to deal with the Patriots. And Cal McNair had his chance to separate himself from his dad to make a decision that was maybe something that his dad wouldn't make. Oh, Brian Gain, he's good, but we're looking for great. But then the final part of that process, getting the guy that you wanted to get or getting the guy that you thought was going to be the great guy, now they're stuck with, without that. And, you know, Ray Farmer, we're hearing this. You know, he picked Johnny Manziel. We're hearing deposed GMs for the Lions. And, you know, Martin Mayhew. I, it's just it's a, bad, it's a bad look. Bob, is there anyone? 
I'm going to say, I'm not going to say better or that equates to someone like the gentleman we're trying to get from the Patriots, because right now I don't see anything. So very basic, not only did we not get him and we stopped, but the cat's out of the bag and everybody knows that we failed and we tried again, failed. First, we fell on the field on TV. Now we fail administratively, financially, executively. We have failed as a city. Now, you look at what we have. What do we have? We have a Texans team that hasn't made it anywhere. And when they make the pre, they make the postseason and it's a one and done. You know, that is, are things that we can't continue to do, Bob. And like I said, not crossing your eyes, excuse me, not dotting your eyes, not crossing your T's. That's what Bill O'Brien did. That's what Kyle McNair did. Yeah, I think I'm cro- I crossed my eyes when I heard about the news <laughs> is what happened. But where do they go from here? Maybe they get de- desperate, offer uh, you know a draft choice for Casario. I, if if the Patriots will you know say you know that's okay, I, I don't know if he's worth a draft choice. You know, like a first or second round draft choice. But I guess maybe that's that's a possibility. Maybe they hire a placeholder right. as GM and wait for Casario's contract to run out in a year. Uh, you know, the, it just, it, again, I, I said it off the top. It looks like they're Charlie Brown when Lucy pulls the football away <laughs> Correct, when, he, when he's trying to kick. I mean, we, we've seen that. Well, not, they- not, and not only are the Texans dealing, um, Chris, with the Casario stuff, but they've also got these accusations that Brian Kane was racist by one of uh, the former employees, according to, but according to SI.com's Albert Breer, you know, they've vehemently, they're vehemently denying the discrimination charges from ex-security coordinator Jeff Pope. Sources say Pope was fired for falsifying payroll documents, seeking overtime pay for hours he didn't work. And those inside the organization have defended Brian Gain on this one, saying he doesn't deserve this on his way out the door. It is weird, you know, to see that allegation just as Brian Gain got fired. So yeah, that smelled a little bit fishy to me. Yep. So maybe the Texans get a pass on that, but it, it, it feels like over the course of the last couple of years with the cheerleading al- accusations, they have to fire the cheerleading you director. Look at the credibility, it, it's like, they, it's, it's something, it's always something going on with this team and you just want them to look like a professional That's organization. That's what I said. You, it starts from the very top to the very bottom, Bob. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm Bill O'Brien. If you're going to listen, if he's going to, Bill O'Brien's going to listen. Uh, he's staring me in the face before. And he, he lied to me straight up in the face. And um, I'm going to tell you, Bill O'Brien, that uh, if you don't have what you need right now in camp, you better start looking because you're not going to get it anywhere else. You need, to, you need to look within your camp, within your organization, for what you're trying to find. Okay? We're not, we're not going to be trying to get someone that's a superstar in New England or in Philadelphia or California. You got to find it from within, Bob. Or else, you know what? You're in no man's land and you ain't got no water. Because that's Texans right now. They're struggling right now to try to find answers. They have more questions than answers. And I'll tell you what, I don't think they're ready for the 20, 2019 season. And I don't believe for sure they're not making the postseason. Isn't Bill O'Brien's answer to all this just hiring himself as the GM? He hires himself why for not? everything else. Yeah, why not? Okay, you get an assistant, right? You, buy, you get an assistant, and you still make your own calls. Offensive assistant. You still make your own calls. You still make your own decisions. Offensive coordinator, yeah, right. yeah. Right, offensive co- coordinator, correct. And you still make your own calls and your own decisions. Why have the guy there? He's going to hold your, your notepad, Bob? Is that what he has him there for? No, uh, I think the Texans need to stop looking. Uh, professionally speaking, you have to find someone within your organization to make this happen. All right, let's go from one Houston pro fan franchise in turmoil to another. There was a <laughs> major article by ESPN's Tim McMahon on the Rockets chaos. I mean, you and I are doing this 
early Monday. I don't even know if you've had a chance to read about nope, this, but nope. here, here we go. ESPN quoted a high-ranking rocket source saying, quote, there's too much damn turmoil. There's some hard feelings right now everywhere, unquote. Then it gets even more interesting, Chris, because according to sources, uh, CP3 was frustrated by what he perceived as Harden's tendency to ignore unglamorous details that impact winning, such as moving when he gives up the ball to help spacing and wasn't shy, Chris Paul wasn't, about expressing those concerns. On several occasions, Paul barked out uh, D'Antoni to keep Harden on the bench while he was running the second unit. This doesn't sound like hyperbole. And then the, he, go, he goes on to say, Harden simultaneously would lobby or demand to check back into the game. Uh, a team source said, quote, Chris has a personality where he just doesn't let anything go. He just keeps pestering and pestering and pestering and pestering. Sometimes James had enough. And not just him, which I assume they're saying in this article, not just him means other teammates got annoyed at, at Chris Paul too. And Chris Paul, it, you know, that that's a, another another problem. We figured this was going to come up. The last thing, uh, Chris, is that the team right, sources right. went on to say that that's what makes Paul a winner and also what keeps him from being a big-time winner. Keeps him from being a big-time winner. He's got to temper that. It's all blowing up like you would have been concerned about when Chris Paul showed up. If I'm not mistaken, when I first met you and we did our first podcast and you invited me and thank you for having me again, I, I noted and touched upon the fact that Harden seems to be that one, uh, that one kind of player that wants the ball and wants to keep it that way. And I understand, Paul, where if I'm running the show, let me run the show. Let the guy rest. Let me run my offense. Let me have my time in the sun. Let me play. If I was a superstar, I ain't no more. But let me run my my let me run my offense while Harden's resting. Then definitely, yes, I would be very upset. And I told you that's one of the reasons, probably, why Carmelo or any other superstar who wants to come over here doesn't come over here. That's why we don't have a two or three superstar team because Harden won't allow it, or the way he plays doesn't allow for it. Chris Paul wanted to come. He wanted to. So, I mean, I, I, I will say that. I mean, J Dwight Howard wanted to come. Now, you know, that, that didn't work out. You can say whatever you want about Dwight Howard, but Dw Dwight Howard wanted to come. These guys, they still like teaming up because they know in the end, if I'm by myself, I'm not going to win a championship. So maybe this guy gets to be a better teammate. He gets to figure it out. And, I, you know, that's what the Rockets have to bank on because I, I just – it's stupid – to trade him, it makes no sense. He still gives you a shot at winning a championship if he ever, you know, gets it through his head. Some of the things that maybe he has to change. Uh, one thing that I didn't like to hear, because you know we're talking team turmoil now sure, with sure, the Rockets, team, is right. uh, CEO Tad Brown made what I thought was one of the more ignorant statements. He said, "Quote: There's been some messiness to our current offseason, but we're always going to be in a state of somewhat tension because until we achieve." our goals and get where we need to be. We're going to continue to challenge ourselves to get better. That sometimes create tension, creates tension. This is just a way for us to continue to get better, unquote. Well, Chris, creating tension between your coach and owner has no long history of success in sports. Right. Outside of maybe George Steinbrenner in the late 70s, right. I can't think of any success ever when it's the coach and the owner don't get along. Right. You can't have tension or stress in in, in – any partnership, you know, that includes professional baseball, basketball, football, any profession, you can't have that, Bob. You can't function that way because it affects your team one way or another, and it gets it triples down into your 
to your teammates? Maybe with the player, because sometimes you would see it with Kobe and Shaq when they won yep. a championship. But yep. with the coach, like why, Dan Tony is the most professional. You know, he, he's one of the most professional coaches that there, you know, there is in the NBA. It just doesn't make any sense with Mike D'Antoni. He's such a, you know, he's such a really respectable guy, and he does things in a above board manner, and he's put you right there. You know, I've said they've averaged 57, 57 wins in the three years that he's been the coach of the Rockets, and it's not because the Rockets are overwhelmingly that talented. Yeah, James Harden's good. He's made James Harden better. Uh, the the team around James Harden has been. Eh, you know, Chris Paul, when he's been healthy, but he hasn't been healthy a whole lot. So the team around him hasn't been, you know, full of all-stars or, you know, they weren't more talented than Golden State. That's why Golden State beat them. Even without Kevin Durant, they weren't more talented than Golden State. And, and do you think that, uh, I know we discussed this also, but do you think that uh, the shakeups and and the changes that uh, the new owner uh, was speaking about at the end of the season, do you think that's going to happen? Do you think we're getting new talent? We're getting better talent or dealing away maybe Chris Paul or do you think anything of that nature is going to happen? I, first of all, I, as far as Chris Paul, Daryl Morian says Chris Paul hasn't asked to be traded. That came out on Monday morning. Also, Chris Paul, I don't know how you trade him anyway with the $120 million that he's owed over the next three years and is a guy that's breaking down as we speak. And for, for what it's worth, Stephen A. Smith says Harden is communicating with Jimmy Butler and Butler is considering coming to Houston. So maybe they can get Jimmy Butler. I don't know how they make room for him. Maybe they can, you know, they can't, I'm sure, dump Capella somewhere if they just sure, dump sure. him, but trying to get something back for Clint Capella. But you, if, you, if you look at, you know, if you look at it, Chris, this is where we're at. The The Rockets, yeah, they, they've got to get better. But the crazy thing about everything that's happened with the Rockets if they just get out of their own way, they're the second best team in the West behind, I think they're now behind LeBron and Anthony Davis and not Golden State because Golden State's not going to have uh, Kevin Durant next year. They're, they're likely not going to have uh, Clay Thompson for half the year. And when he comes back, he's not going to be the same, I don't think. So if you look at it, the Rockets should be number two in the West behind the Lakers. The Lakers still could add some talent. They, they're still going to get better. But the Rockets, it's sitting there for them again, to compete for a championship. And the Lakers are a team that, even though they've got a lot of talent now with uh, LeBron and, and uh, of course, Anthony Davis, well, uh, they, know, they, they managed to shoot themselves in the foot a lot over the last know, couple of years, what, too. Bob, what I just keep wondering is, you know, not, not that I, I've heard a lot of folks that have a lot of shows, and uh, not that I'm stuck on the TV or radio. Uh, I've heard a lot of uh, uh, sports center type um, folks talking. And... To be honest, and I've been around for a long time, and what you have to say and what you tell me, what we discuss, has more bearing on uh, professionalism, on the team, on, on, on the owners, than anyone I've ever heard. And I'm just wondering if Fertitta and, and uh, Kyle uh, McNair, some of the other owners, are they listening to you? Because they need to listen to your show because they might learn something here, Bob, because they're not doing it. And it's not happening for your franchise, for your for your, for your team. So if I'm for Tita, and I was really emotional, very for, forget upset, about looking forget about looking at me. How about, how, how about looking at Jim Crane? Right. It's kind of working for what they're doing. They're Do you doing see right. turmoil? Yep. Do you see tension nope. going on between anybody in the organization? Right. And I think that's very key and clue, Bob, to what the performance is going to be. 
down the road, down the season, maybe going into going to or entering into. Okay, let's just say you you don't make the World Series, but you gain you get to the 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 World Series, you get to the semifinals, you get to. But you know what, Bob? You don't have that. You don't have the tension. You don't have the stress. You don't have the problems. For sure, you don't have the problems that are exterior to the team, but they deal with the team. You don't have accusations. You don't have those issues. Why can the Astros do that, but the other two teams cannot? Yeah, it, it, it's amazing to me how dysfunctional the Rockets have become in just a short period of time because it seemed like that a team that was always on the same page over the last few years. They seem to be... You know, this is what we're doing. We're doing analytics. And Daryl Morey, who I really liked, I don't think Daryl Morey has handled things from what you hear be behind the scenes with the D'Antoni contract. It seemed like he, he wasn't sure that he wanted to keep D'Antoni around. But if you're going to get rid of D'Antoni, you know, again, you've got to find somebody better. better. I said that over and over again. You've got to find somebody better That's than D'Antoni. Right. And it's hard to find somebody better. Yeah, and we talked about that, that right now we don't. It's the same thing with uh, the Patriots guy. Is there someone better or equates to the talent that they have? And frankly, you know, you spoke about it. There isn't anybody there right now for the Texans that they could find. So outside. So I would say look inside. Again, look inside, guys. And the less tension and trouble that you can get your team into, the better the better outlook forecast for the new seasons come upcoming. And I just think that Texans are uh, in deep hot water, don't know where they're going to go. They need focus and vision. And I don't think Bill O'Brien, I said it once, I said it twice, I said it 50 times. I don't believe that Bill O'Brien was the guy that's going to take you anywhere. The way you get to a championship or playoffs or postseason, whatever you want, success, is by having the key components to each team, your quarterback, your linebacker, Doing that and time, time, spending time with those folks, not letting them go, not going to another team, not trading, not keep them there, make chemistry happen, Bob. And I think the Texans need to make that happen with what they have right now because there's not going to be a Superman that's going to come and help the team and, you know, we're going to the postseason and that Superman is going to make us win the, you know, the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, it's not going to happen like that, Bob. Uh, what's going to have to happen is Cal McNair – is going to have to figure out that what his dad couldn't figure out, I've got to find the right guys at the top. And it's about, in football, more than any sport, it, it, you know, in basketball, you maybe your coach can be okay, but if you've got a bunch of superstars, but in football, not so much. You need a head coach. It's so rare. Right. Like I said, Gary Kubiak went in a Super Bowl. That's rare. Usually the head coaches that win the Super Bowl they're really, really great coaches. Bob, and did, did I tell you that uh, that year when uh, Gary Kubiak left, that weekend, my newspaper came out on Thursday. He was let go on Monday morning. My comments and report and what I wrote was, you know, if the the Texans seem to want to let go of uh, Gary Kubiak, in my professional opinion, he's a very good coach. Uh, he listens to his player. He listens to the fans. Uh, if he doesn't win a championship here, if he's not – a Super Bowl winner, and they let him go. He's going to be a Super Bowl winner with someone else. It's not. It didn't. Four days, three days passed, Bob, and they let him go. They cut him Monday morning, and then he was with uh, with uh, Denver Broncos. And of course, you know, again, he did win a Super and Bowl. And I'm still not convinced that letting Kerry Kubiak go was a mistake. But if you're letting him go for Bill O'Brien, it felt like yeah. that 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 was just you. You were basically. Well, taking, they, taking a move 
not up, but to the side. You didn't get, you didn't make a move up. You didn't at get all. better. Where this is what their train of thought was. They're like, okay, we'll go boot Kerbiak, and what we'll do is we'll get a guy from that camp, and that guy knows everything, and we'll be at the Super Bowl. We'll win two or three in the next ten years, next five years. Didn't happen, Bob. It's not going to happen. Bill O'Brien is not your man. Thank you. Last thing on the NBA, ex-Houston Cougar Damon Jones says Kawhi Leonard is seriously considering coming to the Lakers. The Lakers for the max. He acted as though Damon Jones did that. He had a really good inside source. Uh, he's LeBron James' old teammate. So there's your inside source. Man, if they get Kawhi, Chris, that's pretty yeah. much a wrap for the Lakers next that's year. It. As long as they stay healthy. Right. Come you on. Know, and I believe that uh, LeBron James, you know, we all knew that he was not, it was not going to be as pretty as it they thought or he thought it was going to be. We knew it was going to be pretty rough for him, but uh, there was no way he was going to carry that team, that city on his shoulder, on his own, with no other mini superstars, superstars, Bob. Didn't happen. Of course, you saw that this year. If you bring someone else, uh, maybe the quality of uh, Kawhi Leonard, then, yeah, he's going to raise the roof. You're going to be in the postseason. 25 years ago today, today, 25 years ago, as you and I sit here and speak on Monday, the Rockets and the Knicks, game five, finals matchup was interrupted by something this little thing called oj simpson and a white yes. ford bronco right what do you remember about that well bob i was sitting there it was really hot i wasn't working i was unemployed <laughs> uh, i was married my wife was sitting next to me at that time the one that i had before and very basically it was uh, i was like what the heck i was like what's going on and i was like well she sat down and my, my parents were checking it out and so i had to translate i said it's a white truck, and it's OJ. Who's OJ Simpson? I said, Dad, he's da, 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 da. So I had to explain to him who he was. Why is he running? I said, I don't know. Let me find out. But basically, we find out why he was running. And uh, I was uh, and some shocked and some amused. But uh, over the time, of course, you got to see that, that there was a, a major shock in that, that you wouldn't believe that that's something that a professional, ex-professional NFL player would do. And, um, you know, the jury's still out, and some folks, some folks – and wow, he didn't, even though we know already the jury, that's a whole other yeah. <laughs> issue, but yeah, that's another, l let me just definitely uh, said it. I'll go back in time. And so I, I, I had just graduated from the university of Missouri a few months before it happened. And I was still in Columbia and watching it on television. And it sucked because when you're watching this whole thing unfold on television, right. they squeeze the screen down, you know, I'm not getting much on the game. It would have been great to just turn on the radio, turn on the Rockets game and listen to the, at least listen to the Rockets commentators talking about it because I mean, the Rockets are in a finals and they got a great chance at winning the championship and they're facing the Knicks. And I'm going, man, why does this have to happen right, right now. now? Why does it have to happen right now? I mean, as a news person, as somebody that went to journalism school, it, it was fascinating to me. I thought, you know, well, you know, I do find this interesting and I can't blame them for not taking this off the, the screen because how can you not take it off the screen? And it was this incredible juxtaposition of here is OJ, a running back accused of murder, running from the police on an L.A. freeway on one coast. And that game, if I remember correctly, was in New York right, and Madison York. Square Garden on the other coast. And the right. Rockets and the Knicks are trying to win the championships. And OJ, OJ was, uh, if I remember correctly, the game was on NBC. Costas, who was calling the game, was a former colleague of OJ Simpson, Simpson. And the, right. as far as the NFL is concerned. So there was this, I mean, this incredible, crazy 
you know, confluence of events that's going on with all this happening. And it's, it's to this day, I don't think I will ever, well, to this day, I, I've never seen anything like it as far as a fascinating storyline goes, but I, I can't imagine anything in our lifetime playing out like that did from the, the murder to the Bronco chase to the trial. And if you created the movie script, you can't have made anything more, more interesting. And, and people would have gone. This would never would happen. happen. Come right. on. It's too perfect. It's too good. It's too anything. Yeah, you're right. People would say, no, that could never happen. It's not real. It's not It's not. In, in, it's not anybody's mind of something that would be created and that would happen. But, Bob, we both know that it did happen. You know, to, to watch and hear that, and it more or less just took you away from the game and focused you, put your focus on this, which that's pretty much what it did. Whether you remember, you might you may remember that or not, but it pretty much took a focus. Yeah, I, I can't even remember anything about I remember that the game. game. I don't remember yeah. the game anymore. <laughs> it, it's like you. It's like uh, your brain was in, you know, battling mode with between these two events. If you were a Rockets fan, everybody else was just like, who, who, who cares about it? I'm sure. Um, you, I want to ask you about your El Dorado news in a bit, right? Right. But there's a player on the Astros that you know if we're looking for somebody to run the Rockets and the Texans the guy that needs to be run the Rockets and the Texans because this guy can do anything is Jordan Alvarez that's the guy <laughs> there's your guy that's the new make him the GM of the Texans why not hey I've never heard of it but here uh McNair and uh, Fertitta this is for you guys why not grab a guy that's successful with one organization and pay him to, to run mine and the other one also, and do like a cooperative. Have him run all oh, three you, of, you, all three you, of them. you want you want Jeff Luno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, that's what you want. Yeah, I, I just am just cannot believe how incredible Jordan Alvarez. I I tell you what I'm reminded of. Okay, so about 19 years ago, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm a sports videographer and editor with the CBS station in Memphis. And we have a guy that is just up for the Memphis Redbirds from single A, and he's in triple A with the Redbirds. This is the St. Louis Cardinals triple uh, A affiliate for one month. And he was just a man child. And you're like, who is this guy? He was 20 years old, which was probably Jordan a few months ago was 20 years old or something. like. He's 21 right now. And the next year, we didn't even see him anymore in triple A because he was a St. Louis Cardinal, and his name is Albert Pujols. And when I watch Jordan Alvarez, he's built like perfection. He's 6'5", he's 240, he's all muscle everywhere, but also you watch him, the plate discipline, the strike zone. You know, he swung at a ball in the dirt. I almost fell off my couch on <laughs> Sunday. And the thing about Jordan Alvarez that is so remarkable at this point, not just the fact that he's got four home runs, but he's just he looks like he's been doing this his whole life. He's 21 years old. He's 21 years old. Wow. And it's just it, it, it's amazing. And here's something for your El Dorado news that I think is extremely interesting. And maybe you guys have written about this. Sure, sure, but sure. the Latin influence on the modern day Astros, they have played five Cuban players, Yuli, Jordan, Cienel, 
uh, Aledmus. Rogelio is now up with the with the with the Astros. Five five Cubans, okay. Three Venezuelans. This is just this year. Rondon, Altuve, Chirinos, two Dominicans, Fromber, Guduan, one Puerto Rican, Correa, one Mexican, Roberto Asuna. More than half of the roster. We even have a new Mexican, Alex Bregman. <laughs> well, it's like I told you, Bob, you know, a lot of folks, for whatever reason, um, uh, the leagues, whether it be NFL or, or MLB, uh, tend to do the, the hush-hush. Uh, I did uh, my first reporting back in 2010 with, um, I think it was, uh, one, one Texas Ranger, a uh, long-time Texas Ranger catcher. And, um, you know, a lot of the hush-hush was, no, we don't want, we don't want him to show up. We don't want... Uh, folks to know um, that he's reaching a goal. Basically, Carlton Fisk was going to get beat, and uh, a lot of it was the history books. I don't know. It's it's so so uh, embedded in the American baseball, you know, Amer- Amer- America's game. Uh, I don't know what the slogan is or was back then. You know, it's a game played by Americans. To be honest, no, it's not, Bob. Now it's it's not. You have less whites, more of everything else. And if I can say it, it's you know, you have more Latino Hispanics in baseball now than ever before, Bob. And I think that has somewhat shifted. And I believe you, you know that. It's not that the farm leagues have not been there. They've always been there before, during Jackie Robbins, even before that. Well, the thing is, I think they've made the pipeline better to get from those countries, the Latin countries, to the major leagues. I think they've made it uh, more conducive to these guys being comfortable because part of it is it's not just about teaching them, you know, their stance or how to feel the baseball. A lot of it is just, you know, you're not going to get success from these players unless you make them comfortable dealing with the language barrier or dealing with um, the transition from coming to a totally different country and using, you know, learning a totally different culture. And that's gotten better. I think what, what I think these, uh, general managers have learned is look we, we've got this talent this almost untapped talent base and if we want to be a great general manager this is where we can find guys cheaply and inexpensively that can be superstars and why not do everything we can to make that uh, transition for them better and make them more successful at the big league level and you know as you know even with let's just say like uh cuba uh puerto rico all the island countries Dominican Republic, they all have farm leagues, you know, and all these teams have their hands in each one of those countries, even in Mexico. You know that. Uh, I think for the Houston Astros, I believe it was Jose Cruz back in the 70s, Puerto Rican. Um, Pedro Rodriguez is who I was trying to mention earlier. But like I said, Bob, sometimes my brain leaves. Pedro Rodriguez um, from Puerto Rico also broke Carlton's fist record behind the plate. And um, a lot of this is we know it's there, Bob. And we know when, that they're there, and these farm leagues were formed way before you and I knew. They just weren't used because, again, as you saw in my report and in, in my article with uh, Ted. Ted Williams. Ted Williams, correct. Uh, to take it from his quote, which is, I didn't want to be a great baseball player, a good baseball player. I want to be the best hitter in baseball. Well, these countries concentrate on one thing, Bob, producing culturally great baseball players or baseball. Basically, they're, they're cultivating 
players. Kind of like, if you will, soccer. One of the reasons why, I'm not going to get into it real quick, but one of the reasons why the United States doesn't make or didn't make a uh, World Cup last year and why they're doing so terribly now, um, they don't have that cultivation. They don't have that, uh, I guess you can say, um, want, will, and desire to cultivate soccer. You got to have a country, you got to be a country that says, you know what? This is what we can do and do better than anybody else. One side doesn't uh, have the ability to cultivate soccer, but the women, the women are cultivating. The women are. They're doing great. Yes, definitely. Um, they, they get it done right. Excellent article last week about the women should be paid the same as the men. Probably should be paid more than right, the men. I, right, I, I, I can't right. remember if the article expressed that, but it was a really well done piece and basically taking apart this whole idea that why, why are we. Why, why is this happening? Why aren't they getting that money? Why aren't they being treated at least as equals? Because they're having success. People are watching them. People in the United States care. The ratings are there. They're doing everything that you would want them to do right while the men are doing everything incorrectly. And it's it's a shame. They're just being terrible, Bob. And let me give you a little bit of the insight of that, okay? I was in track for the majority part of my life from the young, in high school and junior high. And um, I always face girls, women. They were fast. They were number one. They were record breakers, you know, in track. But when it came to racing a guy, in this case, it was myself. It wasn't very, the races weren't very close at all. Well, that's, that, but that's racing against men. I'm talking right, about, right. I mean, their, their success and what their sport that, is. I'm saying that's why, as far as the pay rate, that's probably why you don't get the skill sets are totally different. That's what I'm trying to get at, Bob. Yeah, but it's about the money. Yeah. It's yeah, about yeah. the money you're bringing in. If the women are getting watched and the men aren't because they suck. Right. Then you should divvy up. Just have, see the money. Show me the money, as it were. And you're right. You're America, right. America right. cares about winning. Winning. Right. Haven't had that in a while. That's why I'm going back to why do we not have emphasis on that? We need to have emphasis. Why do you want to put out a product in World Cup soccer? That's not even going to get to the qualification round. They're not going to make it. They're not going to. I mean, that's kind of what I'm talking about. And to lose out like the way the way they did. And for some of those guys, I think I have, Howard, I think that was his last World Cup. You know, yeah, the, the goalie for the United States. Yeah. Yes. Tim and Howard, I'm like, yeah. that's terrible. And, and you know, it's, it's a shame because uh, th- there seemed to be a moment there over the last decade. We, we saw a buildup. And maybe it's still going on. There's a definite way more interest from Americans. They seem to care more about it. It was starting to build up. And then, you know, in 2016, the World Cup in Brazil, it just, it all fell apart for the United States and not getting there and not qualifying. And, you know, they, they, we even had to screw the whole thing up and just change all the rules just so we make, to make sure we, we got it. And then the, in, the right. other countries in the world were like, well, we kind of need America because it, it's good for competition. It's, it's good for the game. It's good for eyes on the, right on it. And, it's again money, 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 money. 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 Yeah, the the sometimes that's what you're looking at, Bob. And neither you or I can make those decisions. But yeah, the Federation Soccer, U.S. Federation Soccer Cup, they make the decisions when to change, what not to change. You know, another team that was scratched was Mexico, and they had to make reparations for that just to have them in the game, in the World Cup, because they were supposed to have gotten cut like a long time ago. So they barely got in there, barely, and they didn't do too well either. But they were in the World Cup, but they just didn't perform. Sometimes it's 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 better to not be in the World Cup if you're not going to perform. I don't know. It's I have mixed feelings. So do people. 
so, uh, most people are like, oh, as long as I see my team there, I'm happy with it. But to me, it's a little bit more competitive. You know, you have to be, show a little bit of professionalism and say, we got there on our on good merit, not only because they changed the laws and and we needed to be there because we got a representative. We got to be a North American representative, and that's not good enough, Bob. Uh, tell people what's going on with the Eldorado News. The Eldorado I- News, was at, which I told you uh, in the past, but uh, our last, our first one, our first podcast, we we're making a big change. We're making a leap, Bob. We're going from the um, – it's still going to be there. My Eldorado News, from Eldorado News, we're making a jump to the Houston Eagle. It is a four-language uh, multicultural newspaper that's going to hit the streets, and our website is going to change also having four different languages we're working on that right now as we speak hopefully july august we're looking to launch so you're changing the name and then you're it's going to be not just hispanic english it's going to be four languages it's going to be english spanish chinese and indian urdu pakistani so guys um look for it uh, i'm hoping i'm hoping july august if it goes further than that i'll let you know but it's going to be an impact it's going to be print and uh web-based also uh, i think it's something that we need right now I think it's something that's going to be very popular, and um, it's going to work out, Bob. I mean, you have sports in English. You can have it in Spanish and Chinese and in other languages, Bob. Well, thanks for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time to come come and uh, talk with me. Hey, thank you, Bob. I pre- appreciate being here always, and, and thank you very much for having me. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.